This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. is Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome. I'm Stephanie Longmuir and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the Allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT and I community. To encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking. And most importantly, facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. Well, thanks for joining us tonight and thank you to Chris and Cam for a great show and their final Thursday show. They will be uh, kicking off on Fridays in, um, I think it's a month's time. So we will look forward to having Chris and Cam back then and, of course, um, Tristan. And I'd also like to thank Beck for the news. Across the desk from me, I have Clayton, who is uh, panelling tonight. And you might hear a a few uh, questions from Clayton. But in the studio, we have a studio full of women tonight. I have Beck. (laughs) Hi, Steph. I'm glad you're all back this week. I know. Well, it's it's good to be back. And I missed last week. I was scared last week. (laughs) Well, you did beautifully. So you shouldn't be scared. Um, But tonight we are talking women's health and particularly women's sexual health. So we have some special guests in with us. We have Gina. Hello. And we have Ruby. Hey. And I am going to begin tonight by apologising in advance (laughs) for any dumb questions because, you know, there's not a lot of information in the mainstream media about um, bisexual and lesbian women's sexual health. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done some research online, so, you know, I've I've, I've done a bit of... but I think as a group, um, especially bisexual women and, you know, lesbian women aren't that visible and, um, there's, you know, we've got a lot to learn. So mm. I'm going to say I'm sorry in advance if I ask anything that's stupid. No. But we're all here to learn. Dumb and straight girl questions. Yeah, dumb, I don't think there is a stupid question no. about sexual health, especially. Absolutely though. not. 
Okay. We might learn something, Steph. That we can... I thought I was going to blush tonight, but when we came in, I, I was like, no, it might go the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I will do a bit of blushing. No one can see that. Um, I guess, I mean, really, how, you probably get lots of stupid questions from straight people. I mean, how do you mm. cope with, with, especially around sex? How do, I mean, how mm. do you cope with that? Do you answer people straight up? or what, what's, what's your tactic? I guess it depends on how well I know the person yeah. and if I think they're actually going to listen. And how, if the dumb question was like a dumb question about how does it work or was it a dumb question like, so does that mean that, you know, you want to have threesomes all the time? Yeah. I'm bisexual, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's a question that I would probably not answer as opposed to if someone's like, but how does, like, scissoring work? And then it'd be like, oh, okay, well, look, here's how I'll, I'll, um, I'll uh, help with the mystery for you guys. I'll draw you a No picture. worries. I'll <laughs> yeah. take the time and explain how it works. <laughs> um, I found less – I'm getting less of those questions now when I was coming out – it wasn't that they wanted to know what I was doing. They just wanted to tell me all the kinky stuff they were getting up to, <laughs> thinking that was just oh. an avenue to tell. And they used it as an opening, uh, yeah, it's so a- to speak. <laughs> so they were looking for endorsement. I think I have no idea what they were looking for, um, but I wasn't wanting to be part of that conversation or threesome, foursome, whatever they had mm. in mind, yeah. Okay. And, Gina, we've had you in the studio before. We had your fantastic coming out story um, a few weeks ago and we were talking and we are... I'm a little bit older, but we're a similar generation and we were talking about where we found information about sex and, mm. and you talked about the dolly factor and, and oh. getting your information. Well, dolly kind of told me how to have um, heterosexual sex, um, but it did lead me to support groups for finding my people. And I found out, and we're talking t- over 20 years ago, I was finding out about safe sex from gay men and from being a volunteer at VAC. wasn't really lesbian-focused at the time. Um, but Why most, do you think that was? I th- well, I mean, the VAC was doing amazing things in the community at the time with the HIV crisis and and just supporting gay men. And that was the only focus yeah. at, at that point in time. So that's where I was getting the information I needed to know. And a lot of it crosses over. Mm. And there was an assumption that it doesn't cross over. Um, mm. But most of the information I then received from... I attended a lesbian support group when I was 16 and my first day I rocked up, they taught me how to use a dental dam, which is wow. fantastic. But just coming back to that um, that time in history and I think, you know, with the AIDS epidemic in the late 80s and the early 90s, we all became very aware of men's yeah. and, and gay men's sexual health. So we all had a knowledge of that. But it's interesting to hear that on the back of that, you managed to, to get some information as well. Gay and you men got some, were my best allies and, at that time. And yeah. great support. And, and what about for you, Ruby? Because you um, sort of are a little bit younger and probably had access to different information. Well, I was going to say, because Dolly and Cleo was actually, I remember when I was like 13 or 14 or 15 and reading about STDs, and I remember quite vividly some of the you know explanations about mm. STDs, like learning, for example, that you know you could get... Uh, herpes from someone with cold sores going down yeah, on you. Exactly. I learned that from a, from a, from Cleo. But now, um, I guess yeah. Uh, then it was quickly the internet. Um, school did some. My, my school did some pretty good stuff about uh, STDs and actually did focus. But they again, there was very little about women on women sex. Like, no, mm-hmm. I got like, to watch yeah. Degrassi High, and <laughs> it was all about not getting. I learned pregnant. a lot from Degrassi High. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I guess like now it's the internet. Uh, I don't know. There's a few like web comics that are actually really good. Oh Joy Sex Toy 
is is really good. Like it like is really you know it's people who try out different sex toys for women and for men and for both and for all different combinations and that's a really cool thing to have. I think I'm quite lucky in that. But uh, I didn't know what a dental dam was when I first saw one, and I was at a minus eighteen event. So um, I was sixteen, and I was walking out, and they had big bo- uh, boxes <laughs> of condoms and a big box of another little kit, and I was like, oh, what's that? And I like you know opened it up and like read the instructions. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'd never even heard of it before. Well, it's something that's pretty new to Beck and I, and we are going to come back. We've got a lot of questions. <laughs> We've got some more questions about the dental dam. You are on Joy ninety four point nine.
Hi, this is Fiona Passion from the Australian Sex Party, and you're lucky to be listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, I have Gina and Ruby in the studio and also Beck, and we are talking lesbian and bisexual women's sexual health. And uh, we are learning stuff. We are yeah. learning great stuff. And before we went to the break, we were talking about dental dams, which kind of then le- led us while the song was playing into a whole discussion around first sexual experiences. So I'm going to kind of rein it all back in because the stuff that we've been talking about is is really interesting. And um, let's just rewind to the dental dam. Happy, happy to do that. Okay. I think one of the biggest things is that. It's not just um, it's not just uh, lesbians and bisexual women who have oral mm. sex with women. So, dental dams are not just for women having sex with women. Like, if a woman doesn't know a guy, or if you know he mm. has cold sores, mm. she can use a dental dam and he can still go down on her. Why should you miss out? On it's interesting yeah, though. You know how you were saying like there some of the you know education you got was missing the the lesbian or the bisexual kind of element. As straight people, that's not even something that we ever get you know <laughs> taught or think about. You know, I was saying I, I thought a dental dam when I heard the word was like what the dentist uses to make the mould out of your mouth, out of your braces, which I've since learnt it's not. No. But it's not something that even gets talked about in straight And world. it's it's something that is not easily accessible. You won't mm. find it at Safeway on the shelf, the same yeah. place you'll yeah, find Yeah, so where do you buy a dental dam? Look, there are sex shops, of course, will sell them. VAC are fantastic. You can yeah. go to any sort of, you know, clinics and, and pick these up. You can make them as well, can't you? Yeah, um, you can make them from a condom. Yeah. It's pretty cheap. You just need to cut it up the side and pull it out. It's like craft. Yeah. It is. But also, uh, order them online is always good too. Yeah. But why wouldn't supermarkets um, mm. stock them? I mean, that's crazy to... because they yeah. are. That's the question. <laughs> Condoms are everywhere. They're at the server. Yeah. Well, dental dams are purely for women's protective sexual health. Yeah. And just that's coming an back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They probably have GST. Do you, GST get, do you well. think that there is an assumption out there that lesbian women don't aren't prone to sexually um, transmitted infections? I think there's a huge misconception, not only amongst the straight community, but also amongst the lesbian community as and well. Just, I don't think women, it is. And, yeah, and women, just women having yeah. about having sex with women. I didn't absolutely. It didn't even occur to like. I didn't even think that. Oh, of course you'd be able to transmit things. Yeah. It just didn't make sense that without what I'd learned, sex was, which was a penis and a vagina. Mm. It wasn't that, so it wasn't going to be a sexually transmitted disease or yeah. infection. And, you know, there's the assumption because there's not the same amount of bodily fluids exchanged, that sort of thing. Depends what you're doing. I was going to say. Well, <laughs> that's why I kind of <laughs> want to get that loose. specific. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of dental dams, also do not forget to use a water-based lube if yeah. you are using them. Just make on the sure, one side. Though. I was about to say, make sure you know which bread side of bread to butter kind of thing when it comes to you. And just in case that, that wasn't was just clear, lube does not generally taste good, so don't put it on no. the side that your no. mouth is on. Well, exactly. if it's your sort of flavour, you can pop it on both sides, I exactly. suppose. Yeah, if you're chocolate-flavoured, yeah. maybe. Well, you know, lube is like, you know, your genitals don't actually have taste buds, no. so if there's flavour going on, it's, it's yeah. It's, uh, oh, Steph, yeah. we are learning so much. <laughs> so, so access to some of the equipment that you require as yeah. lesbian and bisexual women is, mm-hmm. isn't, is not easy. Um I mean, what are the, some of the other challenges that lesbian and bisexual women face in the it, well in the healthcare system, for instance? Oh, talking to a GP, I think, yeah. um, because I think there's a you know there's just that kind of nervousness beforehand of are they actually going to get it or they take it seriously? As a bisexual, you know. Yeah, some of the older doctors, at least now, kind of understand that gays and lesbians are real. Bisexuals still kind of not so much. So they're like, wait, you have sex with men and women. 
what? Like it does, you know, you can see it kind of turning around in their heads as they try and figure out what that actually would mean. And generally it's just like, okay, well, the same stuff they'd tell you if you were just yeah. sleeping with a guy. And the thing is I had a really negative experience with a, a female GP when I was much, much younger. But I've got friends that spend more time choosing their vet for their pet than their own GP. And I'm a huge advocate of having a GP that knows you and knows your history, including your sexual history, in order to get the reminders of when a pap smear is due, reminders of when, you know, breast check needs mm. to be done, just normal standard female um, health issues. But reading up on some studies before I came on tonight, unfortunately it is still an issue that not as many women have not only a regular GP but will not disclose their sexuality to their GP for fear of being discriminated against. And I've experienced that. I was very young. It took me a long time to then get the stuff that I needed to get to sort out my own health. So, Gina, do you now have a GP yeah. and did you choose um, a male GP or a female GP or did that matter? Well, I had a really negative experience. So I had a family Greek GP, yes. if you remember when I, <laughs> yeah, from my coming Greek out GP, story. Yeah, but your Greek GP was very but nice I, to you coming I, out. I did not want to – he was like my uncle. I did yeah. not want to go and get no. um, a pap smear no. or have, um, you know – Breast checks. Breast or, checks yeah. and all that sort of yeah. stuff with him. So I deliberately went out and found a female GP thinking I would feel more comfortable um, and went into a clinic, a bulk building clinic one day because I didn't want to tell my parents I had no money um, and had a – awful experience. The minute we sat down to kind of go over my sexual history and I was open and and said I was a lesbian, it went downhill from there and it got very aggressive. In fact, I left the clinic um, without giving my details because I'd arrived late and I was taken in without giving my name Mm. um, and actually left the clinic without any information. I then went back to my family GP, reported what had happened. He wanted to report it higher, Mm. but I was still too scared and I just wanted it to be done. Um, But now I actually have a female GP, but it's taken a lot of me going out and finding who I'm comfortable with because it's really important. Was that just a process of elimination or did you do some research? Did you go to a a sexual health clinic or to a special... Now you can actually go online and find, um, you know, GPs that specialise in our health, Um, but I did it through a process of elimination of just testing out a few when you got a cold or something and seeing... Trying to find shoes, yeah, you know, you is. try them on for a bit, go for yeah. a walk. It's rubbing in the wrong places; it's not going to work <laughs> out. Yeah, and so I Ruby, guess, oh, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, what strikes me is that if there is this um, sort of attitude from some GPs, mm. which is leading to a fear of women disclosing their real sexual history, then there's some real dangers there for oh, women yeah. for yeah. not getting the advice that they need or not reporting things that they should I think be. Forty percent is the last statistic yeah. I saw of women not admitting. And, and I don't yeah. think that's even. Like, to be fair, I would say that's for a lot of women. Yeah. I would say that's just not a queer woman thing. That's just a woman thing, you know. Like, um, And I think it's more so for queer women because then it comes with the baggage of, as well as the the slut shaming or the Mm. sex shaming that happens, there's also the the deviantness of, of being queer. And unfortunately, being queer and being sexually kinky have been so connected by yeah. a lot of the heterosexual world that, you know, they when you tell them that you're not straight, especially bisexual, Doctors can assume that you are you do irresponsible stuff. You just want to have yeah. sex with everyone. Basically, yeah. yeah. And it's actually it's really frustrating because bisexual women actually face more sexual assault than lesbians or straight women, mm. mostly by men, because there's this again assumption that we're hypersexualized, and yeah. it's it's so frustrating to see that in you know a medical practitioner. It just it can be, it's really a, and then you say yeah you just don't, you don't mm. go back you yeah. you just say oh, it's not that bad I'll just ignore it. it's probably nothing anyway and yeah. you know wait and, and I, see what happens and I guess that compounds. You know the problem, and and as you say, you know lesbian women have health issues around, um, 
you know, not having pap smears, not yeah. having mammograms, not because of this initial fear. And that affects our overall health on a long-term And my basis. story is a story I've heard from far too many women. Mm. Um, so I, I can understand why women don't want to do this. And, and again, people make the assumption that you should only have a pap smear if you're having sex with a man. Untrue. Mm. Um, cervical cancer, you know, from, from smoking. From, there's so many, you know, things that can, can make you more at risk of having cervical cancer. You need to be having pap smears as a regular sex health check anyway. And I think that, that that's really interesting you say that because all the advertising yeah. you know you've ever seen about pap smears is if you're over eighteen and you've mm. had sex or something like that. But I think you know it's always that that thought is you've had sex with a man. Yeah, yeah. And I think that goes back to what I was saying that I think there's some real dangers mm. for the medical system not. I think that's important. I think linking any medical yeah. procedure with the idea of having sex, sex given yeah. how women are treated for having sex, is just a terrible idea because it yeah. puts women off getting pap smears. Like, well, I don't want to admit that I've yeah. had sex, or I don't want people to know that I've had sex. I'm not going to get that done. And yeah. Or conversely, some women don't want to admit that they haven't had sex. Yeah, exactly. And they, if is, they're smokers or whatever, yeah. they can still be at huge risk. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So we are talking women's sexual health tonight on Stand Up Straight. We would love to hear from you. So if you would like to send an SMS, 0427 569 949, or you can email us at onair at au. You are listening to Stand Up Straight. I'm so fancy. You Hi, my name is Bella, and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy 94.9. Thank you for joining us on Stand Up Straight tonight. Uh, You're in the studio with Beck and Ruby and Gina, and we also have Clayton running the desk, but Clayton's been very quiet tonight. Um, amongst the women and women's sexual <laughs> health <laughs> issues, but he he has been uh, he has been talking a little bit uh, during the breaks and is very interested in what we're saying. In fact, he might like to say something. I, I am very interested, and it's not like you know there's so many women around because I get to speak so often normally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before the break, we were talking about healthcare professionals and. Um, some lesbian and bisexual women's reluctance and the reason for that reluctance and they're very very real reasons but perhaps you can tell me you know some of the important health issues that lesbian and bisexual women should discuss with healthcare the healthcare professional um, I think, uh, you know, safe use, the understanding of mm. that there is safe sex for lesbians and women having sex with women. Like, you know, again, dental dams, yeah. uh, sexual education about that and also protective oral sex in general, mm. which is not really kind of touched on at school much. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing as well. Uh, the proper use of sex toys, mm. especially. Um, and also, you know, the fact that you can use gloves and stuff for fingering if you don't know the person. Um, Keeping yeah. your nail short, like really basic oh, yeah. stuff. That, but that one's like that's <laughs> freaking obvious. And, like, and that's a good tip. But one of Some my f- people don't. Yeah. They don't like no. acrylic nails. Like just oh, <laughs> and oh, that makes no. my eyes water, Ruby. <laughs> Look, apparently, you made mine too. <laughs> it, it also because it it might damage lots of things. But it might also damage if you are using latex gloves. It might damage gloves as well. And I know some people use cotton buds at the. No, it's it, just be kind to your fellow. 
woman. Um, and trim your nails. So, That's a yeah. good takeaway from and tonight. A, another yeah. one most people don't talk about, but I know the lads do, is don't brush your teeth two hours before having oral sex because you've all brushed your teeth and you might spit out and there might be some blood. So that's another thing to be mindful oh. of. Um, a lesser known fact, when you are wanting to be safe with your partner, that's that's one thing to consider. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I've never heard that before. Yeah. But everyone should know that. Everyone should know that. Look, I know morning breath, everyone gets a bit nervous. They're like, you know, it's just pop, yeah, <laughs> pop a mint. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's much easier. In your backpack of sexual safety. So we you saw that at the yeah, I did. <laughs> so with those first experiences, are you happy to talk about your first ex- sexual yeah. experience? Do you want to go Jana first? Ruby? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Because how do you know this stuff? I mean, yeah. do, do, are you with people who help you and guide you? I mean, well, okay. is there communicate? Is there a lot of communication in in lesbian relationships or bisexual relationships? There should be. There, there should be in every, any relationship. But um, honestly, no. The times I've been intimate with women. Uh, when I was 16, even just recently, we both had very little clue and we were both. But I think the advantage was that we could communicate that. Only when I, It was actually worse when I was 16 or 17 because we both just were kind of fumbling and of embarrassed course. about it and didn't really know what to say. And it was still, you know, uh, we were both dealing with the fact that we were, I was dealing with the fact that I was with a woman and I was really into her in that way. And uh, my friends were responding differently and everything. And it was, yeah, and we just not quite getting things right, not quite knowing where bits were, realizing that we hadn't really talked about the clitoris in sex ed, yeah. all that kind of stuff, like just really having to figure it out in an awkward teenage silent way. When it's old, when you're older, it's a lot easier. Much but, um, easier. Much easier. Because I yeah. think, um, you know, when when you're straight, you've learnt about how sex works from when you're in I don't know year three or whatever, where they teach you at school, and you've taught. <laughs> Do they? You, you, and we get told off yeah. about safe schools. What? Yeah, I don't know. What? I don't know why I went to school. Um, yeah. But you know, you get taught how the bits work and yeah. also how to be safe with the bits. Whereas that's another no. bit of the education that I think is missing. I um. Mm. I, I, we did talk about I need this to stop saying bits, sorry. <laughs> bits. No, I'm comfortable with bits too. My the the first person I hooked up with, I have to be honest, and it's very embarrassing. I did chicken out the first night, so we'd kind of almost. It was really I was 16. Okay, yeah. I was I was really young, yeah. so we'd almost like planned the official. Okay, let's get it on day, and you can play that <laughs> song anytime you like. Um, and I like that it was imp- planned, but I was really nervous, and I wanted to do right by my partner. She was she was much older than myself and, and I knew she was much more experienced than myself. And was she a girlfriend or was no. she a friend? Well, or was she... I wouldn't have called her a girlfriend, like but a she love was a friend. Interest she was, it was, you know, just kind she of... She was an educator. She was cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was meant to be an educator. We've all been there, Jenny. But I, I didn't know what to do. And again, I sought out support from my gay male friends too because I was all across, okay, I, I want to do this safely and I want to do the right thing and... The lads were the ones that sort of, you know, kind of got me ready for the evening. And then you get there and she was not interested in safe sex. And no matter how much I knew and how much I thought I'd be doing the right thing, you don't. You're 16, you're young, you're scared. Yeah. And you kind of end up doing stuff that you thought you'd never say yes to, which for me was having unsafe sex. Mm. Um, and we are playing Let's Get It On. It's a faint little undercurrent. Um, <laughs> and yes, it was great at the time. I'm not saying, you know, but I, I found myself doing things that I thought I wouldn't be doing, which was having unsafe sex. As much as of all the information I had, I kind of fell into the trap of just trust this older person to know what they're doing. So as an 
older person now, yes. what would your advice be to younger lesbians? Um, don't be afraid to speak up and talk about safe sex before. Like, have it as part of the foreplay conversation if you need to. Yeah. Find out about people's sexual history. Um, just find out about them. I mean, people laugh at me. I, I see everyone tindering and swiping left and right. And I'm like, so what did you do on your first date? And they laugh at me. Like, Apparently, first dates don't happen anymore. That's not true. Not that is not first true. Dates I'm old time. school. Like, have dinner. I take like someone dates. out. Take them to a gallery. Like, take a bit of time I like with someone. Food. Apparently, that doesn't <laughs> happen anymore, and I get laughed at. So. Well, see, I think it's interesting because, like, um, like as far as like the bisexual stereotype goes, I, I, it takes me a long time to be yeah. comfortable enough to do that, and that is due to a whole bunch of stuff. As a bisexual women, especially because we don't really have as much access to the gay community as as lesbian women can do, so we don't often get even that kind of so I, I didn't have any gay guys I knew who could tell me about my brother was gay and he was having hugely irresponsible sex everywhere because he was also young and dealing with all the stuff so we were both kind of dealing with with it in different ways and I think it's um and that's an issue as well because they don't like things like uh women who have sex with women bisexual or lesbian uh 90 percent of them have also had sex with a man yes, unwanted that- pregnancy is actually really high in in non-straight women it's higher than it is because often you know if you're bisexual it won't it might not be reminded that you should be taking contraception or some form maybe not the pills since apparently that now causes mental illness as well but you know some form of contraception that you can be- become pregnant i think that's really important to remember yeah if you're bisexual that is a risk and even if you're a lesbian you might you probably still, might have still had sex with a guy and, and I, you need to be careful i think there's an assumption that lesbians have never had sex with a man and i think that assumption needs to just be quashed because mm. it depends when a woman has actually come out in her life she uh, we were reviewing um a film go fish which is a film from 1994 and one of the characters in that film it's a brilliant film i recommend people watch it but one of the characters daria um who's very sexually active um with women in in the film she has sex with a man and then she gets oh, yeah. torn off the street and interrogated about it and she's got this gorgeous line in the film and i i can't remember it exactly but it's basically what is the length of time that I need to wait before I can reclaim my lesbian mm. title again? That whole that whole thing that a lesbian may never have had sex with a man or may never have sex with a man in future is absolutely incorrect. I think and people shouldn't, yeah. you know, just make that assumption. I think statistically a lot of lesbians, perhaps more than half, their first sexual experience is with a man. Because they think- haven't come out or they're not, they haven't become aware of, you know, because, you know, when heteronormativity is so much like, you know, just considered the norm, a lot of women wouldn't even consider that they're not heterosexual until they meet a woman who makes them feel differently. Do you think the same assumption applies to gay men? I don't know. We'll have to ask one. Yeah. <laughs> Clayton? I don't know either. <laughs> now, what about lesbian porn? <laughs> How awkward story starts, Steph. I was going to say, just as an educator. <laughs> we weren't you know, briefed on this question. An, it's it's <laughs> not an educator. I'm sorry. Like, no. There's actually a really funny video that I recommend people check out, which is Lesbians Watch Lesbian Porn. And it is lesbians <laughs> like watching lesbian porn and pointing out all the ways why it's it's Not BS. lesbian porn. Yeah, you right, know, why okay. is she deep-throating a shoe? Uh, you know, why they're putting so many fingers inside of her. That wouldn't, you know, that's And the necessary. nails. Oh, my God. And the like, nails. Seriously? Also, faking no. orgasms. They, they, they you yeah, know, no. just... Um, no. and it, it, Lesbian porn, uh, the majority of it, as we think of lesbian porn, is manufactured very much for straight men. Right. And there is That's what I was going to ask. Is it really made? It's not really made no. for women. No. I think no. there are lesbian filmmakers out there making lesbian porn for lesbian, but yeah. the joke is that, like, the introduction and, the, like, the lead-up to it just goes for too long and you get 
get forward too far in to get to the action. I don't know. Apparently, there's a storyline. There's and then they move in together at the end of it. Exactly. So, yeah. With an <laughs> a cat's there. And is, a cat's is it true? And I only saw this in a movie, so this is a really dumb blonde straight girl question. Is it true that lesbians like watching male gay porn? So lesbians and bisexual. I think a lot of women like watching gay male porn. Um, I do. Uh, I know some straight friends, straight girls who definitely do. Um, I never have. Yeah. I think it's it's each to their own, but no, not for me. I think think in some ways I kind of like, I like the removal of like having to, uh, because a lot of porn is straight porn is like, or penetrative porn with a penis is so derogatory. So it's really hard to watch. So it's a kind of, you can, with, gay with uh you know two guys having sex you can still see that kind of penetration that you know is appealing but you haven't got to watch a woman be demeaned and degraded mm. so you know and two people are both getting off generally and you can tell the guy isn't faking it generally because he's he's <laughs> shot off everywhere so it's great yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> well there I've you go i've never been that. silent before <laughs> in this studio I, th- I, th- I think you've answered my question <laughs> thank you thank you for that ruby <laughs> So I think we can all agree that the, a lot of the porn that we see is... My fear is young people watching some of this porn. It's and thinking, ugly and it's not real. It's not it's, real yeah, and that's yeah, how women's yeah, and men's bodies though. should yeah. be. Yeah. That's my yeah. greater fear with yeah. porn at this point in time. So this week I'm teaching sex ed at my school and with Ooh. the grade sixes. Um, and my principal asked me if I could talk to him about pornography because it you know happens in primary school sometimes too. And that's exactly what I talked about. It was like what you're seeing in pornography is complete works of fiction yeah. mm. and it's teaching you the complete... This is the worst place you can possibly learn about having sex because it's teaching you how not to treat women basically yes mm. and it's not to have a have respect for relationships and all those sorts of things so yeah. and not safe sex and, and not safe absolutely sex absolutely not, and, yeah, not no. safe sex no. um, um, so yeah I, I really an advocate for just letting kids know that yeah. pornography is not the right place to learn about it's things a, it's, it's pretty frightening like you hear some teachers from like you know schools talk about you know there are 13 and 40 year old girls who are having boys say you know asking for oral sex and just thinking that's totally normal because that's it's because you know now kids have got access to the internet and while social media has just taken over there's a a lot of porn on the internet Mm. shocking i know but there's a lot there's a lot it's very easy to find and it's it's free and it's so accessible and Mm. it doesn't matter what sort of parental um restrictions you put on your computers at home because i've got kids and i've tried it all you know, it, you I can't have to block go it. to that section of biography. Yeah, books you're supposed and, to have to walk I, through. <laughs> it's too easy. Uh, my principal explained it this way with the kids: is that when we were at school, probably not Ruby, but the rest of us, uh, <laughs> maybe not Becky, either, um, but uh, we looked up the word "sex" in the dictionary yeah. to access that. The kids can type that into a computer now, yeah. and they come up with all this pornography and whatever else that was we didn't have access to when we were younger, easily anyway. So. Actually, I think it's interesting. If you type in, like, you know, gay into YouTube, you'll get a bunch of, like, videos of gay guys talking about different stuff. If you type in lesbian, you get mm. porn. Oh. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that kind of sums up how a lot of straight people do see the queer I, community. I learned that the hard way. I was very new to Instagram and Twitter, and I had to promote a short film, which was a lesbian film. And I'm like, hashtag, and then it was getting blocked. And I'm like... I've just got a picture of behind the scenes on a on a really nice romantic comedy. What the what's going on? And then I started following the hashtag. Going, I can't use that hashtag anymore. I've got to find a better hashtag to bring the right audience to this because mm-hmm. yeah, that it, was it's difficult because it affects else. gay men as well. Because for a lot of younger guys, they'll look up gay porn as a way to learn about 
being gay, which gives, you know, which is a really horrific idea because there can be, you know, they play with age disparities and stuff yeah. like that, that, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, it's, it's damaging, but there is, there is some good stuff out there, but you usually have to pay for it. And I know that's a, a lot of people don't like to pay for their porn anymore. <laughs> So we have been talking women's sexual health tonight on Stand Up Straight. Thank you for joining us. You are on Joy 94.9. It's a Saturday night and I feel alright. So come on, let's dance. Look at me. All I want to do is to bump with you. So come on, let's dance. Look at me. Talk it out.
Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. You are with Beck and Stephanie, Clayton and Ruby and Gina. And we've been talking women's sexual health tonight. And all of us, I think, have blushed in the studio <laughs> at some stage. I've learnt some stuff, though. Yeah, so have I. And yes. this is a great thing about bringing we're, people into the right. studio. That's right. We're always and, learning. And, and asking <laughs> questions. And um, I think it was Ruby who said earlier on, there are no stupid questions around sexual health. Anyway, I think, uh, I think I've asked a few tonight. But, um, <laughs> I know. I like being quoted. But be, before the break, we were talking about where not to get information from. And, mm. you know, we think that... Uh, Obviously, porn sites are not a great place to get information from. Where are some of the good sites? Where should we go to look? Where, where should young lesbians or young um, bisexual women? I'd highly recommend as a, you have the internet now. You are so yeah. lucky. Mm. And all you need to do is type the word lesbian or bisexual safe sex .gov.au mm-hmm. and more than likely you are going to fall onto a very reputable site that will give you the information you need. I think even putting in like you know uh, putting in bisexual sexual health yeah. won't flood you with porn anymore. No. There'll actually be information yes. or like um, you know there's been recent studies done in Australia and mm-hmm. the UK that have come out with some really good information so you can read up on that by putting in you know lesbian sexual health or um, and of course as well you know not every woman who has sex with a woman identifies as lesbian or yeah. bisexual so there's information out there for them too which is really really good um and yeah there's some really fun ways of learning on the internet too like really pretty pictures and you know like really like fun cartoons and it's great it's great yeah you can buy like plush toys to like get an idea of how everything works yeah like a plush vagina that has all the bits like you know so you can kind of get an idea of how it all looks and how it all goes i know some straight men that could do with some of those (laughs) too actually i yeah 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 christmas is coming um (laughs) i know what i want in my stocking now yeah and pretty much every gay man could do one of those (laughs) yes oh absolutely i have to be like i I kind of like um i I think sometimes that gay men maybe they just play it up but like you know the, the the disgust of the vagina is actually really shaming and they need to cut it out but they want to grab our boobs all the time. Yeah. Which, you know, breast check, male and female should, men and Absolutely. women should be having breast checks. So, is there a lot of um, information in the community? Like, you know, I, I guess going back to what you were saying, Gina, about your first experience mm. was with an older woman who wasn't helpful, I guess, Look, one of a better phrase. But yeah. is it something that people talk about and, you know, I don't know, and the look, older I'm, lesbians to the younger I, lesbians. I'm quite serious that <laughs> just Beck's face right now. Hey, look at you. Um, look, I find I'm more hearing from my older lesbian friends that they're not seeking, you know, regular pap smears. That concerns me more and have, have not got a regular GP. Most of my, you know, friends of my age are in long-term monogamous relationships. You know, we sit around and talk about dinner and the best place we got a coffee, but nobody talks about that kind of sexual mm-hmm. health. I do probably have those conversations more with men um, and gay men. So, look, my advice to to anyone is, is find yourself someone – you know, a, a regular GP that you can talk to and be honest about your health, take care of your own health. If you are single and, and dating lots of people, practice safe sex, avoid mixing drugs, alcohol and sex together mm. because you'll make bad choices. Yeah. And if you have made a bad choice, go and get yourself tested just for yourself, but to make sure you don't pass anything. And if you're going to use a dildo on more than one person, put a condom on it. Yeah. Um, be careful with your sex toys if you are mm-hmm. sharing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jenna, I was concerned when doing my research to see that um, well, heart disease is still the number one killer of all women. Mm. Um, but 
just from what I was reading, and it was an American site, so it might not relate to Australia, but lesbian and bisexual women have a higher rate um, of smoking and stress, which are, uh, and, and, and obesity, it said also, which are factors which cause heart disease. Mm. So, um, Yeah, and actually bisexuals uh, have worse mental health. We have the worst mental health on the sexuality spectrum. Yeah. We have, um, that probably comes from the fact that only about 30% of us ever come out uh, and only 12% of bisexual men ever come out. Mm. And that's a big issue as well because a lot of bisexual men will have sex with men and it may not be safe and they'll go on and have sex with women um, or they'll you know, or they won't practice safe sex with men because they don't want to talk about it or they won't go seek any checks because they don't want to talk mm. about it as well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, and rates of smoking, bisexual smoke more as well, because actually, um, which is not great. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it's, and, you know, any cause, and the problem with mental health and discrimination is that it, it also, it stops help-seeking behaviours. And the issue that comes with that is that, you know, you don't go and find out that information that you need. Unless you're already in the community, it can be very hard to, find the ways to get inside of it mm. to get the yeah. information which is why the internet is great internet is great sometimes so in summing <laughs> up lesbian and bi women can uh, what they can do to protect their health is stop smoking not make assumptions that they can't catch stis yeah. that are out there yeah. in the community that's a major assumption yeah. or that their partners haven't had on exactly. sex before yeah. regular pap smears yes. mm-hmm. regular breast checks, breast checks. Yeah. um Reducing drug and alcohol. Stock up on use. the dental dams. Yep. Yeah. If you, when you find a place, just buy a whole bunch all at once. Lots don't be lube. scared to, to talk about your history and use it, I don't know, to turn yourself, you know, to turn each other on when you're having yeah. foreplay. Oh, and, you and, stop. And, and communication <laughs> before, yeah. Yeah. before yeah. any sort of sexual activity, I guess that's that's kind of... Good advice yeah. to anyone, really, isn't it? Anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. We're almost at the top of the hour, so we are going to come back with a, a bit of a wrap-up in just a moment. Hi, this is Adelaide, and you're listening to my mum, Stephanie, and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thank you for joining us tonight. We have had such a great hour here on Stand Up Straight, and I'd really like to thank our wonderful guests, Ruby and Gina, who have been so open and so informative, and Beck and I... And, and answered all our silly yeah, questions. Uh, well, answered all our silly questions, and we've learned so much. Mm. And I'm just going to throw the mics back to you just for one last <laughs> opportunity. What, what, what is your one piece of advice? I, uh, I don't know. Celebrate, ladies, celebrate yourselves as much as we celebrate each mm. other. This advice should be passed on to all women of every sexual persuasion. No, and I don't, yeah. not knowing you can't use a dental dam, I, please. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I feel, that's what I, that's my takeaway tonight. Yeah. Um, knowing how a vagina works and what feels good is is definitely something that heterosexual women should uh, should prioritize. Um, you know, it's um I think and that's the thing um, as well. I think when you're in a queer, you realize how open women are talking are about talking about vaginas and everything, and then how straight women cannot be at the same extent. Mm. So go and talk about it. It's great. And Cosmo and Claire have all that stuff anyway. Like they've got websites. Yeah. Well, I'm going to close now with, <laughs> with, a bit of a, with a bit, just with a bit of advice from the Sisters and Brothers of the Order of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, and they're part of a worldwide order of queer people of all sexualities. They have an interesting site that's worth looking at that details many of the STIs. And at the bottom of a rather daunting page of STIs and their effects and their treatments, it lists this last... Um, this, this last um, thing, guilt... Mm as the most malicious of all infections. You can have it for years without realising it, and the majority have it to some good degree. 
It's spread by letting someone else tell you what's good for you, especially religious organisations and politicians. Symptoms include low self-esteem, feeling bad after a good time and judgmental behaviour towards others. If left untreated, it can lead to an inability to enjoy yourself, large counselling bills and irresponsible behaviour leading to epidemics of sexually transmitted infections. It can, however, be treated by learning to love and respect yourself and your own values and having a good laugh. Here, here. Oh, yay. Well Thank you again for joining us tonight and we will look forward to seeing you next Thursday. is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.